welcome you this morning to the microphone to share a message with us. Welcome, brother. Thank you, Mark. Good idea. John's going to do miracles, right? Yeah, John's going to do miracles up the deck there. It's amazing. Church got the power. Got the power. I'm building spirit. (laughs) (laughs) I love these guys who can. Make all, make all this happen in the background. We don't, sometimes we don't appreciate them, but we mostly appreciate them when something goes wrong, don't we? And they've got to fix it. Any word from the back? Coming. All right. Um, it's lovely to be with you. I know you think it's cold. I think it's delicious. <laughs> I live, I live, I'm based in Singapore. We, Diane and I travel for about 50% of the time, but when we're home we're in Singapore and as you know it's like swimming in soup (laughs) the coldest it gets is 26 and it's humid so coming coming in it makes me feel alive not not necessarily my toes and my fingers but the rest of me (laughs) feels alive Diane sends her regards uh, because we're back for only a short time uh, two months Um, she's speaking uh, in Newcastle right now and um, she sends her regards to you. We're mindful of the fact that um, as a congregation, you have been supporting us for um, many, many years. I won't say how many years, but it's quite a few. And um, just this morning, I want to just say thank you for that and, and uh, just share uh, with you a little bit of what we have seen and heard and felt um, over these, these um, the last while since we were last here, um, of what God is doing around the world. Now, I'm not going to talk about Australia. You know Australia. Um, I'm an outsider, but we get th- we have the privilege of travelling and seeing what God is doing a- around the world, and uh, I want to share that with you. Okay, something's gone interesting there, but we'll see what happens. Um, yes. So thank you, uh, John. We'll stick with the first one for a minute um, because I want to say that uh, uh, that we belong to SIM, Serving in Mission, and uh, it's it's an international agency of about 4,000 workers um, scattered in about 70, 65, 70 countries, and it's a very, very diverse group, and it's becoming more diverse, and uh, there are certain challenges that we, we face with that as we bring in, um, we have people coming, working among us from, from Ethiopia and from Nigeria, um, from all, all across uh, China, including mainland China now, which has its challenges. Uh, Diane and I use our Spanish from our days in South America because we meet uh, workers coming from, from countries like Peru. Um, it's a wonderful time to be involved in God's work today. We see God working in amazing ways. And, and so as we're back for a couple of months, we just want to share with people what a little of what we see is, is happening. Now, Diane was the Deputy International Director for Asia Pacific for SIM, hence being based in Singapore, very central. Now, she has a new role, the Global Director for Regional Development, which means that she is responsible for about 10 people uh, each one of those is responsible for one of ten regions in the world. 
We want to see the gospel from everywhere, to everywhere, through everywhere. Because as SIM, we are convinced that no one should live and die without hearing God's good news. We believe that God has called us as, an, as, as part of his church to make disciples of the Lord Jesus in communities where Christ is not known. We work together with churches to fulfill God's mission across cultures locally and globally. What a tremendous um, privilege it is for Diane and me to, to have this role and to stand before you today and testify um, what God is doing. So it's not about us. I'm not going to be talking about us. Um, it's, it's about what God is, is doing in our world in some very surprising places. Now, we're, we're looking at the book of Colossians today. Colossae was a, a town, a small city, in, in what we call Turkey today. And this church was not a church that Paul had, had planted himself, uh, but yet they were very close to his heart. So we want to be looking at the gospel um, in our world today, and in four, briefly in four ways, the gospel in them, in the Colossians. And that's the gospel going deep. We want to think about the gospel in all the world, the gospel going wide. And we think, want to think about messengers of gospel. And that's the gospel through going out through people. And then the, the power of the gospel saturated in prayer. Next one, please. Okay. So in, in, uh, if you've got the uh, word open in front of you, Paul talks about the, in verses 3 to 8, the first part of our passage here of Colossians chapter 1, about the exciting changes that the gospel has been making in these Colossian Christians. And he finds evidence for this in their faith, hope and love, you know, these things that go together. Now Colossae was uh, an important city in the Roman Empire on a trade route. So people would be passing through and as they passed through, they would hear the gospel and they would take it with them somewhere else. Some of them stayed. It was a diverse city. There were, there were Greeks. Of course, there were Jews. Paul always started in the synagogue, if there was a synagogue there. And there were Phrygians and others from, from the region. And, and Paul says in verse 3, we always thank God for you. And I want to say that this morning to you. We always thank God for you. Um, Paul reminds these um, these Colossians in verses 4 to 6 about how they had first heard the good news, how they had responded to the good news, how it brought changes in their life. It radically changed them. And then later on in this passage, he unpacks all this about the benefits and the blessings of living in the kingdom. The kingdom of light, of joy, of patience, of endurance, of a life worthy of the Lord, pleasing God. Now, is that what you can say about your life and about the life of, of others here? These are the blessings of the gospel. If, if you don't know that yourself, then please talk to someone here today about how you can know the blessings of the gospel in your life. Next one. Okay. 
So I just want to quickly share a story from, uh, from North India, uh, from, from some colleagues of ours, uh, Dinesh and Shannon. And they, they write about, um, they say, an ex-convict is not your typical pastor. But here um, is a man called Vijenda that they meet at a conference for, for pastors, for training pastors in northern India teaching pastors how to, sp how to preach from God's word. Um, grassroots level pastors and, and, and pastors had come to take various tracks and, and Dinesh and Shannon had, had met up with Vigenda. And he said to them, thank you for teaching us. And then he told them his story that he was, uh, he worked on buses in, in Delhi. Uh, he was an important man and he was arrested for committing a crime, he went to jail, and in that terrible place, a man who was a believer gave him a, a Bible and said, this is God's word, read it, it will change your life. And he began to read it, and it did change his life. And by the time he finished his jail term, he was a mature uh, follower of Jesus Christ. And then he started sharing the gospel when he was out well in jail but after he left the jail and now 10 years later as they make, meet this man Vigenda he's pastoring of a church of about 200 people in northern India um, a wonderful example of how God, God changes people and, and I, I, I hope you are encouraged by uh, the stories that you know of God changing people around you now uh, next one um, these are our photos, by the way, almost all of them. Just as we go around, we take, you know, got a little smartphone, we take photos and, and wow, um, we can share them with you. But in, in, in second place, the gospel is in the whole world. Do you really believe that? The gospel goes wide. Now, in verse 3, going back to verse 3, Paul talks about, thanking God, the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, because when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith. And then he goes on to say, in the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day that you heard. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Now, just before the service started, Pastor Martin took me up here and I saw this, wow, this is beautiful out here, this garden. What a wonderful place it is. It's bearing fruit and it's growing. And that is what the gospel is doing um, in, in, in all the world. The gospel is the good news of the promised Messiah. You believe that? Of his conception, of his birth. His persecution, he was a refugee in Egypt. Of his growing up in, in Nazareth, of his ministry years, his healings and his miracles, his preaching, of his crucifixion, his passion, his resurrection, coming back and sharing with his disciples and of his ascension and sending the Holy Spirit. That is the gospel and this changes people. This is really, really, really good news. And because of this, the gospel, the Holy Spirit 
is, is, is working in our, all our world today. It's not actually a, a message you hear very often, is it? Outside of circles like this. You wouldn't know that the gospel is bearing fruit around the world today if you li just listen to the news. In fact, you might have a very different idea. Well, what Donald Trump is doing is important, yes, yes. And, uh, you know, the, those Thai boys who were rescued, that, was, that captured the world's attention, yes. And things are happening in sport, yes, yes, that's important. What about the gospel? What? What gospel? What? No, religion is dying, isn't it? Or the other one is that Islam is growing and it's going to take over the world and you know, all this stuff. We, don't, we can't get an accurate picture of what God is doing just by looking at, listening to the mass media. We know that, and yet we're saturated in it. And that's why we need to, have, we need to take opportunities to hear what, what God is doing because he is working in marvellous ways in, in the world today. Um, and and let's, let's encourage each other um, with, with, the, with this news. And uh, just to think, for example, about a hotspot, Middle East. Oh, could anything good happen in the Middle East? It's just a disaster, isn't it? Well, next one. I want to tell you that God is at work in the Middle East today. And just from my own, own experience, I, Diane and I were in Jordan recently. We went there for international leadership team meetings and we stayed on. It's a country where it has no natural resources, no oil, depends on foreign aid. A third of the population are refugees. They've come from the war in Iraq, the war in Syria. These are people who are just fleeing for their lives. Many are, are, are Muslims who have never heard the gospel. They're being persecuted by other Muslims. They've never heard the gospel, never heard of good, the good news of Jesus. But they are now. It's just wonderful to see how how um, people who have been outside of the of the gospel are now hearing the good news. They're meeting with other refugees who are Christians and hearing about Jesus. They're they're being um, their needs are being met in very small ways by Christians by churches in Jordan. So we were involved in in one church there. And just hearing these stories, they've got a school, they've got a vocational training centre, they've got healthcare, they've got counselling. Of course, it's in many ways, it's just a drop in the bucket. But there is this powerful witness of, of, of Christian love there in Jordan today. Now, you won't hear about that in the media. We understand that. You might have heard that a couple of years ago, ISIS went around in Syria and, and it identified the Christian homes and it marked them. There's a symbol there. That's the uh, Arabic uh, letter Nun. N. It means um, Nazareth, Nazarene. Okay? It's the word they use, sorry, Nasara. Nasara. It's a word they use for Christians. So they would mark the, 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 the Christian homes. And then they said to 250,000 Christians, you've got three choices. You can get out with what you can carry. You can stay and pay tribute, or you can become a Muslim. So 250,000 people one night became refugees, followers of Jesus. You think, how could that happen? Why didn't God protect them? Why, you know? And yet God, in his perfect plan, 
uh, knows what he is doing. We have to trust him for that. And so the whole area is becoming stirred up in places where the gospel has never been before. Today, the gospel is growing. Um, people are, are just encountering, are encountering Jesus. Not a, a philosophy, not an ideology. They're encountering the person of Jesus, as we should. Now, I could tell a similar story, actually. I'm from Malaysia about a project that's happening there outside of Kuala Lumpur where there are thousands of, of refugees who've come in. There are millions of, of uh, immigrants in Malaysia today. Many of them are Muslim. Um, the government won't let you witness to Malays, Malay Muslims. They don't really care about these Afghanis and, and uh, Bangladeshis and, and, and Rohingyas and all these other people. No one's helping them. If they go out on the street, the police can pick them up and do terrible things. Um, what are they supposed to do? There's no schooling for their children. There's no medical care. And yet what we're seeing is that Christian groups in Malaysia are doing a wonderful work. And, and these people coming to the Lord and uh, in some cases going back to their home countries with the good news of, of Jesus. But going around the world. Next one. So just quickly, um, just watching the time. Paul's strategy was simple, and we see this in the book of Acts, don't we? He started in, in Jerusalem. He moved out into Judea and Samaria, and then in the second half of the book of Acts, we see the gospel going out into all the world. Now, Paul's strategy was very simple. First, first thing is he would go to the synagogue in a, in, a, in a town in a city, as I mentioned, because there he would find people who'd heard the word, the Old Testament, what we call the, the Old Testament. They knew that stuff. They knew about the Messiah. They knew about one God who was sovereign. And there were both Jews and sympathizers there in that place. That was his, his strategy. The second thing, see there, he went to places of influence. As Colossi, uh, Colossi for example, he didn't go there, but that was a typical place where the trade routes came together People came in, heard the good news, kept moving, and took the good news with them. So he had, he had his strategy. The third thing you read there, his message was he knew his audience. He knew what would speak to them. He knew that if they had a background in the Old Testament, then he could talk from the Old Testament. When he goes to Athens, they don't know anything about the Old Testament. They don't know about one God. They don't know about the resurrection. So he has to start where where they're at the fourth thing is is that we find paul wherever he, he he's going he's with people have you noticed that he's never alone he's always got people and when he's got people with him he's training them and so we have um, books of the the new testament like timothy like titus like philemon these are all paul paul's disciples and and here he's talking about epaphras so we'll get to Epaphras. Next slide, John. So when Paul says that the gospel is growing in all the world, well, he, he, um, he means that in the sense that he understood it. So the, the Western Roman Empire and the, and, um, sorry, Eastern Roman Empire and the Western Persian Empire, that part of the world, that was, his, that was Paul's world. And he saw the gospel growing incredibly quickly in, in in just a generation or two. 
Now, we can say the gospel is growing in all the world in a bit of a different sense. You know, we, we do have a picture of the world in our heads, don't we? Of countries, of places, of people. And the gospel is going to all those places today. Um, in the Lausanne conference in 2010, I think they had delegates from every single country in the world, every nation in the world. That doesn't mean every group of people have got it. That doesn't mean everyone has heard. It does mean that the gospel is growing and bearing fruit in our world today. If I had time, I could talk to you about um, God sending Latin American missionaries to, to, to China, about um, the, the African Evangelical Church in Malawi sending out its, its first missionaries um, to a neighbouring country, of uh, a new strategy in Nigeria to reach the Muslim North, which has been its a tough place. Um, three pastors were martyred there just a matter of weeks, a couple of weeks ago. It's a tough place. You know the story about there. About the, the trials the church is going through in China and, and India, particularly in the north, under the political, oppressive political ra regimes. And yet God is sending out workers from mainland China. He's sending them out from northeast India. Some of our best workers come from northeast India. They speak many languages. They're very adaptable. Um, they have a clear sense of calling and confidence in the Gospels. So we could talk about um, how God is scattering uh, Chinese people along the New Silk Roads. You know, we hear about China expanding in the, in the media, but we don't hear is how God is using this and how he's giving them a clear vision to take the Gospel to, uh, amongst Chinese and beyond in across Africa and, and even in, in South America. So these are sorts of things going on. I've just been in Korea. The story of one of their, their workers is in Canada working amongst First Nations people, amongst people who are into, into drugs and alcohol and no purpose in life. And he's doing a wonderful work there um, amongst the First Nations people. Um, opening work in, in Myanmar, in Vietnam, in, in Bhutan, well, Bhutan's a tough place to get into. Um, but in these past hundred years, we've seen tremendous shifts in our world and it should be an encouragement to us. Now, you won't read about this in the history books, but some of the biggest changes in the world have happened in our, in our lifetime are happening right now. And so we need to be tapping into sources where we can hear of, 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 of what is God is doing. Particularly, I think, in, in, in countries like Australia, New Zealand, uh, Canada, and Europe generally, where it's tough. It really is tough. Let's be honest. Secularism has done a lot of damage to, to the church. And so we, we need to hang on to, to Jesus' words where he says in Matthew 16, I will build my church. We have to believe that. We have to believe in the power of the gospel to change people. So when you're sharing with someone in your community here, you have to believe that, the, that Jesus can change their hearts. Okay, it's, it's tough. But also I want you to be encouraged by in other places and sometimes some of the most needy, desperate places in the world. God is at work today. And so, I, you know, you, you have a number of people uh, supported by this congregation who are working around the world. 
take hold of the stories that they that they have. Now, um, oops. <laughs> um, thirdly, next one. Yeah, the messenger. So it talks about Epaphras. Paul says you learned the gospel from Epaphras. He was considered a dear fellow servant, a faithful minister of Christ who told us of your love. You know, gospel messengers are critical in all this. We need, got, we need to have people uh, around the world taking the gospel with them and taking the good news that, that Jesus is, is bringing people from the, the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light, a kingdom of God's son, a kingdom of, of love, redeemed us, brought us back to God, forgiveness of sin, turned us from enemies of God to daughters and sons of God. God has qualified us. God has rescued us. God has brought us into his family. Amen. That is what God is doing today. He was doing it in uh, the time of the, these Colossians when Paul wrote. He's doing it today, and we have to take hold of that. Can I say that the Colossian church, for all its beauty, is not unique. There are many Colossian churches down through the ages. There are many Colossian uh, churches today. God is raising up his church. There are many Epaphrases as well. Um, this dear servant, this, this colleague of Paul, is so appreciated by Paul, is, is not unique either. I've met many Epaphrases. Their names will never be up. You'll never read them. They're quietly working away. People like the gender that I talked about before in northern India. Okay, his name gets mentioned. But for every Vigenda, there are, are thousands, millions of, of people like him uh, who, who are faithfully serving God with the good news and taking it around the world, rescued and, and, and taking others. As, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, who was a, a, an educated man, who he thought he understood, Jesus says to him, the wind blows where, wherever it wants, just as you hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. And this is our God who is working, um, working today. Next slide. Okay, so... Even in this age of, of technology, I think we need to remind ourselves, for all the benefits of the internet, that, we, that the gospel is primarily communicated <coughs> by people, messengers, servants of the gospel. And our goal in, in missions is to raise up workers who will be able to take, take the news wherever they go. These people, as I said, can be refugees. They can be in war zones. They can be in very hostile communities. Our brothers and sisters in China, common figure is 100 million of them, they need our prayers today. There are unspeakable things going on in China. We have to believe that God is sovereign and that he will do it for his glory. He is, he is in control. And it, it's, yeah, um, I can't talk about what, what's happening in parts of China today by a government which pretends to be civilised. But we, we believe that this is his way, God's way, of, of sharing the good news with people who would not otherwise know. Now, finally, 
Um, next slide. The power of the gospel is in prayer. And Andrew Man Murray said, the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelization in history. Paul is calling these Colossians to pray as he models prayer to them. If you look through this book, you see the number of times it refers to prayer here. He begins by saying, we always thank God when we pray for you. Okay. Let no one here say, ah, my health's not good. I can't really do anything for God. Can you pray? That is the greatest work that we need today. We need gospel prayers. Not just praying for, for, for little things, praying for big things. Pray for God to, to overwhelm governments and, and allow gospel workers to get into the really tough places. We need to pray big prayers today, my brothers and sisters. Okay, let's not be shy about our prayers. And let's, let's always hold on that God answers prayer. Andrew Murray is right. There's, every Christian is called to prayer. And some of us are called to be special prayers. We thank God for people who pray for us, for Diane and me and our kids. And our kids are doing well. And we thank God that people have prayed for them over their, over their years. We pray for our grandchildren, just as you do, because they're growing up in, in Australia. It's a tough place. It's a really tough place to be growing up now. We need to desperately pray, pray every day for our, for our children and believe that God is, is working in their lives. Next slide. Okay, so when you're praying, pray as Paul prayed. Okay, pray that your, your gospel workers will be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Pray that they will live lives worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Pray that um, we'll be strengthened with God's power. So as Diane's kind of responsible for, I said 4,000 people in SIM, she's, she's got 10 directors. They've, they've each got five, six, seven country directors that they're responsible for. Um, yeah, so, so we're just beginning this new term. Back to Singapore, uh, a three-year block of, of doing this. We'll probably shift back to Australia in 18 months or so. My parents are getting on. Our grandkids are growing up. And what we'll have to, have to do is organise our 50% time travel so that we have some good, good time back amongst family. That's important to us. Um, not sure how that's going to look, but... Um, yeah, um, the, the next, for us, the next few years are going to be very exciting. Now, I had a whole bundle of these. This is our prayer card. Had a whole bundle. They're sitting on the bed at home, <laughs> along with a few other things I was going to bring. That's what happens when you leave, leave home in the dark, isn't it? Um, I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you now. You sort of wonder what, why have you taken, what's the beach in the background there? Well, um, Donald Trump wants to build condominiums there. That's North Korea. God is, we don't know what God is doing in North Korea now. That's the DMZ, the demilitarized zone, just, just there. Now, if you want one of these, can you tell 
Helen, where's Helen? Tell Helen and I'll be happy to, to post, post some up here. But um, yeah, one of our, I said to one of our South Korean workers recently, I said, but is this all a big trick? What could happen to South Korea if, if it's wrong? And they said to me, we believe God's in this. This is God's time. It's worth the risk. Okay. That's, the way, that's faith. That's faith that God is at work. And whatever happens, whatever happens, God, will, God is in this and he will, he will bring it to pass. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you for um, just your many, your many blessings in our lives. Thank you for the freedom we have to worship here. Thank you for the, uh, the, the communion of the saints here this morning. Thank you what what you are what you're doing in our midst. Thank you for the prayers of your people as they reach out um, around the world, uh, here in in Doylson and in the, around Australia and and beyond. Father, I pray for your people that you might keep them strong and and fervent in prayer, uh, committed to one another, to the unity of the the body, and Lord that you might um, yeah really use them in a powerful way, um, just to. Uh, send gospel workers around the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we send our prayer card out um, as a hard copy every four times a year. We send an email copy out um, a few more times than that. If uh, you'd like to receive that, um, either as a hard copy, give your address to Helen. As an email copy, um, give your email address to Helen and we'll organise that. Bless you. Thanks so much.